This podcast is made possible by Lily. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, I'm podcasting at the 2022 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. I'm honored to have two amazing metastatic breast cancer advocates as my guests. Among her other accomplishments, Christine Hodgding started GRASP, which stands for Guiding Researchers and Advocates to Scientific Partnerships. The program pairs oncology experts with new patient advocates at conferences to help the advocates understand some of the research being presented. Stephanie Walker is a registered nurse who had to stop working after 40 years after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. She works with a number of organizations, including the Metastatic Breast Cancer Alliance and Living Beyond Breast Cancer. This morning, both Christine and Stephanie were part of an educational session on living with metastatic breast cancer at the symposium, offering the patient perspective. Christine and Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Christine. Could you uh, tell me a little bit about your diagnosis, treatments, whatever you're comfortable sharing with us? Absolutely. So thanks so much for having us. We're very excited to talk to you today um, after a very exciting session this morning. Uh, I was diagnosed in 2015 with de novo metastatic breast cancer. I was actually triple positive. So um, I did endure the chemo. I went through surgery, radiation, and I still get Herceptin infused today every three weeks and as well I'm on tamoxifen so I've been doing that now for seven and a half years I've been on my first line of treatment and I've been stable ever since and I kind of consider this bonus time so all of this time is now devoted to patient advocacy and Stephanie I'm gonna ditto that first part with Christine diagnosed seven years ago, metastatic de novo, hormone positive, HER2 negative. Um, I did go through um, chemo, radiation, I had bilateral mastectomy without um, reconstruction, my, my choice. And um, currently on, was on Fosfodex until September and I'm on Aromacin, which is um, an AI. And I get scanned uh, in a couple of weeks and I'm happy because that AI has really decreased the quality of my life. So um, I want to go back to my fulvescerin, which is my first line treatment. So uh, I guess one at a time, if you could tell me how you came to be a part of this panel, why was this panel important to you? Uh, this is Christine. I was actually invited by SABCS and I was super excited to see that at like an opening session for this conference, they were going to feature a really important topic among patients, which is a lot of quality of life issues, as Stephanie was talking about, and survivorship issues. And they really wanted an advocate to bring that patient perspective. So that was how I initially was invited and heard about it. And I was super excited to join. Well, this is Stephanie. And um, how I joined is... Back in 2019, um, there was a fireside chat and Christine 
took a pledge that due to the fact that blacks and women of color aren't getting like the equal treatments or you know standard of care she decided that for whatever she would invite it to participate in a panel uh, discussion or anything she wanted an equal person there a person of color chosen with her so I was yanked along you know with Christine this time and I'm so thankful that I was a person that a person of the moment as I, I will call it but it was done with intention and love so um, I'm that's how I got to be a part of this discussion this morning okay so I want to ask you both and I guess um, I'll start with you Stephanie since Christine's been spoke first a couple of times why is the patient perspective so important? You know, we have this conference here. There are a lot of oncologists. There are patients, but far fewer patients than there are oncologists. So why is it so important to get that perspective in front of the oncologists? Well, first and foremost, if it weren't for us, the patient, there would be no need for an oncologist. <laughs> so getting that little bit out of the way, um, it, it's important. They need to know in real time how we're feeling, what we're going through, the treatments that we're taking, um, are they um, effective at a lower dose and preserving quality of life for us? Um, because many of us, you know, it's one thing to be alive and it's another thing to have a quality of life while you're living. So um, it, it's important for us to be able to have that conversation with the oncologist um, and letting them know exactly how the patients feel. And Christine, you want to add stuff? Yeah, I wanted to add to that too, that I think for doctors, you know, they are seeing patients all the time, right? But but there is something unique about letting us sit on a panel to give our perspective. You know, it's your, you might think you know patients until you hear what they actually have to say when it's not in a clinical setting. So I do think um, Stephanie made some really great points about, about why it's important for them to hear us. I also think it's important for researchers to understand the patient perspective. A lot of research right now is done in a silo. Patients are not included. We're, we do clinical trials, and but that's kind of the end of that research spectrum. You know, there's basic science, translational, and then to the clinic. And so if we're only coming in at that very tail end, there's a lot of problems that can happen. And I can tell you, there's so many patients that we know that are on these phenomenal quote unquote drugs that they can't maintain and can't stay on because they're not giving them a good quality of life. So maybe if that patient perspective was pulled in a little bit sooner, we could have maybe adjusted the dosages or doing something different. And I think it's really important for those researchers who don't get to see patients every day. You know, they're in a lab all day. And so when you do, I mean, I have worked with so many researchers now, when they hear from us, it is eye-opening for them. And they are so excited to learn from us. Excellent. Uh, you may have already answered this, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. So do you think that the patient perspective is taken into account when new treatments are being developed? I mean, it sounds like maybe you work with some researchers, but not all. Um, I, I don't know, Christine, do you want to start Sure. Yeah, I um, I do think that in some cases, yes. I mean, I'm working very closely with several researchers that have literally made me members of their lab, which I think is really incredible. I have to admit, I don't understand all the basic science. It can get very technical, but they always tell me, wow, you just asked this question. I mean, maybe we're just asking a question that seems very basic to us, but it somehow like turns a light bulb on for them. I think they want to take in account our, our perspectives. They want to hear from us. Um, and they, like us, are, how do you find that person? How do you find that patient? 
to be able to talk to as well as the patients are trying to figure out how can I get involved with you know a researcher to uh, be integrated earlier on in the conversation and um, you know Christine's program grasp does that uh, remarkably well but um, I don't think a lot of the clinical trial in drugs are made for everybody uh, because you know the clinical trial drugs are representative of the drug in which they try the people on you know uh, and they, they need a more diverse population to, to do that so um, you know that's what I'm trying to fight for is more diversity in clinical trials and also to get us um, involved at an earlier point in um, research and not at the end. Excellent. Okay, and I have one last question for both of you, and you can decide who's going to answer first. So what do you hope comes out of your participation in this session? What would you like to see happen as a result? Well, Christy and I have had this conversation before about silos. Um, I wish that the advocates, um, patient advocates, could um, realize that, you know, when you sit down and you really think about it, we're all, all fighting for the same thing. You know what I mean? We want the quality of life. We want effective treatment. You know, we want it to work for everybody. We don't want to go bankrupt. We don't want to sell our house and live in a tent under a bridge. We all want those same things. And I just wish that we could get everybody together and and to understand that, that we're working for the same group of people, metastatic breast cancer patients, and we're working for the same reasons. And if we could all get together and um, as patient advocates to have that collective voice to quit duplicating the same services over and over and over again, which is thinning out the pool, um, you know, come together, let's collaborate, let's get it done and quit talking about this forever. <laughs> This is Christine. Yeah, I, I really share Stephanie's sentiment about collaborating and working together. And what I would like to see is more scientists engaging patients. Um, I, I do really feel strongly that patients add value to research. Our perspective adds value. And um, I think that we can have much more impactful research and trials if we actually are including that patient early on. So that would be my hope is that scientists walk away going, wow, these patients are really powerful. There is so much that they can achieve when they put their minds to it, even despite having an MBC diagnosis. Thank you both, Christine and Stephanie, so much. I really appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the breastcancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.